Okay, well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I have too. So, so we'll just chat for a couple minutes, right? <laughs> I loved it when when Sister Sister Mangan started on um, Thursday morning, and was it Thursday morning? I think it was Thursday morning. She said, she said, "Wow, yesterday it was ugly snow, and this morning." It is beautiful, white, sparkly snow. <laughs> and all of the faces of Alaska. And, and um, I think she has, uh, she's gaining more perspective. I think usually she comes in the fall, right? And, and so to come in the winter is, is entirely different. And, and how am I doing here? Yep, I got one more minute. <laughs> I remember, was it, was it last year that uh, Sister Barb and Brother Lee came in the winter? Yes, yes they, they were house-sitting for you. They, it, and she said, yep, that was bucket list, but not doing it again. <laughs> no, that didn't help, but it, it did make a great impression. <laughs> they got a real taste <laughs> of the cold and, and how deep the snow could be. And uh, I think he about bent the, the, um, the, I don't know if the hinges or, you know, tweaked the door on their little trailer because he was trying to pull it against the, this pile of snow that was, you know, on the por little porch there. And, yeah, get the shovel out. <laughs> you pull on something, it might break it with the cold. But anyway, so I think we're, I think we're in good shape now. Is, yep, yep, 10 o'clock. All right. Well, Lord bless every one of you. And, and not to point you out, but Sister Shar, it's so good to see you. We miss you. And, and yeah, maybe, maybe others do more calling and talking to you, but I need to do that too. So forgive me for that. Isn't it, isn't it something that we get so caught up that we don't really pay attention to our brothers and sisters like we should. Um, we don't follow that. Mm, I need to call because I'm entrenched in all of this. And something comes to mind. And if we could learn to stop right then, if at all possible, and many times it is possible, and call that person and let them know because you don't know what's going on in their life. And, and what they might need to hear or just know that they are on somebody's mind right now. Encouragement, that was for me, okay? That was for me. All right, this is the last lesson of the quarter, the last lesson of the section or um, series, I guess, is what the word that they use. We are going to talk about the bread of life. And I'll tell you what, talk about squeezing four lessons. Now, these were long chapters, but all four of this, these lessons in this series were out of John chapter 5 and John chapter 6. So it very easily could have happened that we would have run over each other, but it really didn't happen because very distinct stories. But if you look at this series as a lump, which that's what this lesson is doing, it's, it's, it's causing us to look at the series all together. 
And we started out with the, the man that had, lain, had, had laid by the pool for 38 years. And Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Of all, I mean, I've been here 38 years. Yes, this is where I get my healing. I want my healing. But Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Sometimes we can be in a situation in our lives that we have been there so long that we get comfortable being there. And God wants us to move on. He wants to know if we want to, and you fill in the blank. The man, did you want to be healed? But whatever it is in our life that we might be stuck in, 38 years, that's a long time. To be there stuck or feeling stuck. So going from that tremendous miracle and the fight really started between Jesus and the Pharisees. Because, I mean, he'd healed on the Sabbath before, but they, they really got frustrated about this one. And the crowds that began to follow Jesus were enormous. And the next lesson that we had in this series, Sister Denny, we had the feeding of the, of the crowd. They had followed him, and they, he taught them. He had mercy on them, and he taught them. And then at the end, he said, he said Philip, what are we, we going to do? How, we need to feed these people. How are we going to do that? And Philip said, well, no, 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 no. It was, it was one of the other disciples, and I won't go there because I forgot. Um, but I, I'm not going to say the name because I'll say the wrong one. But one of the other disciples comes up and says, well, well this, this boy, he has five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus said, okay, get everybody to sit down. Okay. This is barely enough to feed that boy. And what did they get out of that? After it was all done, 12 baskets. Now, no, not, nowhere in Scripture... I haven't read anywhere in scripture where it says how big that basket was. Now, I have seen pictures of like laundry baskets. I, I'm not sure. Could have been a little basket that you hang on your arm and you take to market. I, I don't know. It doesn't say, but everybody was full. And it doesn't matter what size the basket was. There were 12 of them. And is there something important in the fact that in the basket, what was left over was not the fish? I read that verse several times. Just the bread. And it's leading up to 
It's leading us to a place, and it's leading all of them to a place about bread. Now, I remember I said the first lesson of this series that, you know, I, I like bread, and, and I, sh I still should have brought bread um, for this lesson. Um, but bread is important. No matter what kind of bread it is, whether it's you know that that the 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 you know wonder bread that was sliced and makes the greatest peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> and and I, I i haven't eaten it for years um but you know no matter what kind of bread it is it feeds us and every culture in the world has bread everybody has bread, whatever style it comes in. They have bread. And then after the feeding of the 5,000, we get into last week's lesson. And Jesus is exhausted. And he goes off to be by himself. And the crowds kind of linger around. I mean, they're, they're, they're full now. And, and there's no push to get home. So they, they're lingering. And the scripture says, if you're looking in John chapter 6, and now let's see if I can find exactly the right one. Well, it's before verse 25, I can say, that they, they were the people were following him, and they watched the disciples get into the boat, and they knew that Jesus did not get in the boat. And so they, the disciples are going... Out, but the people are watching. And they later get in a boat. Maybe it was after the sea was calmed because Jesus walked on the water. They missed that. But they were looking for Jesus. And they did find him in Capernaum the next day. And they said, how did you get here? Because they watched who got in the boat. And when they got to the other side, there were no other boats besides the one that the disciples had been in and the one that they came in. How did you get here? And they joked about, did you walk on water? Or, did you know, how did he get here? Did he walk on the water? They didn't know, but he did. He did walk on the water. And whether someone told them or not, but we're leading into a progression that there are some boxes that are getting checked that no one but God can do these things. And Jesus is saying with his actions who he is. He's not telling him telling them in words. He's telling them with his actions who he is. And it's coming to a point of 
decision that, that's going to happen. So let's stop right there for a minute. The icebreaker. What part of the Bible do you have the hardest time understanding? The apocalypse, yes, all that prophecy stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, brother, I lived in, lived in a house. My mom, was that was her, that was her thing. <laughs> and uh, uh, I learned a lot. Even our Sunday school lessons that she did the literature for, she just picked things, and we learned a lot about it. But, yes, it, it's not easy to understand that. And if you don't have somebody that's really inspired about it, give you some ideas and thoughts it, it's like really heads all around faces all around and you know this many wings and you know <laughs> that ezekiel wheel in the wheel <laughs> it's like huh yeah but anyway so yes that that's that's tough to understand anyone else have a thought of the hardest to understand Yes, Sister Phoebe. The rejection of him. Why couldn't they see after everything he had done? Why couldn't they see what was happening? Well, we're, we're on the other side of that, and we know it had to happen. And, and we, can, we, we, get, we get the privilege of, you know, seeing the whole thing. And, and it played out. But, wow. Yes, what, what, why couldn't they understand who he was? Lots of reasons, but um, yeah. I think uh, for me, you, you can think some more, I'll, ta I'll take some more if you, if you come up with some more, but I think um, Brother, Brother Mike has pointed out several times uh, in, in talking to us, he has pointed out those that, come to or, or speak to the Lord in, in the, the story that says that, that, that we did this in your name and we did this in your name. And God says, but I don't know you. And then we could walk away, if we're not careful, we could walk away from that thinking, well, what else, what else do I need to do to be known In, in that. Anyone else before we move on? Hardest time understanding. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been reading in my notes? No, that's in this lesson. And Jesus asks that question. And, and why would they go away? We'll find out. 
the the connection in these in these two chapters um, are are so 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 good, and in verse twenty five it says, Rabbi. That crowd is asking, "When comest thou hither? How, how did you? When did you get over here? How did you get over here? Because we watched. We don't understand." And we don't always understand the Lord. We don't un- always understand what's, what's happening with him. And, and so they are, they are wondering what's happening. And, and it's going to come to a head here in, 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 this, in this lesson. But in, the, in just a little bit of time from this point, that morning when they found him in Capernaum on the other side of the sea, and they said, well, how did you get here? Um, the whole thing leading up to this point is, is, is going to, a decision has to be made here. And there is a decision, Brother Alex, that has to be made in our lives too. And, and that's, that's uh, something that we all have to deal with individually. I, you know, pastor can help us with that. He can, he can give us advice and we can say, pastor, I don't know what to do about this situation or I don't know what I need to do to get closer to the Lord. And, and, you know, that we can help each other with those things, but there is a decision. There's a, there's a time of a decision. And Jesus said to them, verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me. The crowd wanted to know where he was. Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, not because of the man that was healed. Now, that was awesome. And, and others needed healing, and they got healing. But the day-to-day stuff, not because you saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. They continued to follow him because they were drawn to that feeding. It was a day-to-day thing. God wants us to have that day-to-day filling. That day-to-day bread. Not the bread that's on the counter by the toaster or in the refrigerator that you pull out to make a sandwich. Not that bread. But that bread, that bread that we all need. And they were just, they were looking for bread. It took a lot of work to get the bread they had. And this was just just bread that the disciples walked around and handed it to you. (laughs) And And I thought during... During that, the, those, that lesson of, of the bread when, when Sister Denny was teaching it and Jesus, Jesus had been teaching them and, and that they were all sitting. What was the intercom system? <laughs> How did they even know where that bread came from? A crowd of 
more than 5,000 people. If you were in the back of that crowd, you had no idea that there was a boy that had five loaves and two fish. You just knew that somebody came by and handed you bread, and they kept going around and handing out bread and fish until everyone was full. But maybe they didn't understand how that happened. They didn't understand what it was at the beginning. And then the discussion starts. They found Jesus and they... How are you doing this? Because we're going to check this box, and only God can heal someone who's been laying for 38 years by a pool and walk up to him and said, do you want to be better? Okay, get up and walk. And he got up and he walked, and then Jesus was in trouble because it was a Sabbath. You don't walk that far, and you absolutely do not carry your bed. It's terrible. Would that mean that you don't make your bed on the Sabbath? (laughs) Yes, I think that's a generational thing. (laughs) (laughs) that yep the bed has got to be made and the only time it doesn't ever get made is if i'm planning on crawling right back into it because i don't feel good (laughs) or if it's going to get washed and then you know i you know anyway yes (laughs) um working on the sabbath And then feeding a 5,000, that's what drew the crowd and kept the crowd coming. And they wanted to believe in him, and they wanted to know all about him, and you're checking these boxes, and this has got to be God. But how can he be God? We know him. He's the son of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. This little town that you just did day-to-day work in, there was nothing phenomenal about Nazareth. And by that time in history, they probably forgot that that's where Jonah was from. Because that might be the only checkbox of notoriety that Nazareth could have come up with. This was the home of Jonah. You have to search to find out that that's where he was from. <laughs> no, Nazareth was, was in, in, the, in the notes for the lesson, it called it a blue-collar community. This is a community that people just do everyday jobs to keep themselves alive. And Jesus came from a home like that. Joseph was a carpenter. 
He met the needs of the people in his community and surrounding communities for building things, fixing things. And so many people had just watched Jesus grow up in that. And, and how, can he, how can he be God? When he said, well, let's look at verses 33, 34, and then we'll get into 35. Jesus said, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. The bread that the Jews knew about that came down from heaven is the story that had been passed down from person to person. Because right here, nobody had seen the manna. They just heard that God fed our ancestors with bread every day. And it came down from heaven and it was little wafers that looked like coriander seeds. And you could grind it and you could make this out of it and you could make that out of it. And maybe you could just put it in your mouth. I don't know. I've never seen manna. But it was daily except for the Sabbath. The day before the Sabbath, they got twice as much. There was a lot of dew that night because the scripture says that it came with the dew. So they understood that bread. But Jesus changes the context just a bit. And tells them that the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life to the world. We need bread for life. We need to have physical sustenance. But we really need that bread. Him who came down from heaven, not the bread that was in the wilderness. Not the bread that we can make and knead on the countertop and let it rise and put it in the oven and it comes out and it's awesome. Whatever shape you make it into. Or a tortilla that you roll out and put it on a hot griddle and turn it over. It's a lot easier to make tortillas than it is to make bread. Whatever bread it is, that's what we have in our minds that's what's ingrained within us that bread that we can find in the pantry the bread box on the counter and in verse 34 and their eyes lit up if God has it we want it we want that bread but they still don't understand that he is standing right in front of them that's Joseph's son. That's Jesus of Nazareth. His dad's a carpenter. We want it. Lord, 
evermore give us this bread. We want this bread. And then Jesus says in verse 35, he, he, he really is now going to answer, he's just really going to get pointed with it. He's, he says here, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He had said almost the same thing, but in he that hunger and thirst shall be filled. And now he's saying, where do we get the food and the water? In him, he is the bread of life. And if we believe on him, we're never going to thirst again. Believing on him leads us into the infilling of the Holy Ghost, that, that well of water that flows from us comes from believing. It all comes from believing. We have to believe that he is that bread. And you get a little further down in the scripture, and it, it's, it's talking about that That, that we really, really need this. And it, it begins to address the battle that goes on inside of us. But first, let's ask this question. Why was it so difficult for the Jews to believe Jesus was divine? And if we were there, would it be hard for us to believe? If we were right there and, and we were familiar with Nazareth and, and Joseph and Mary. Could we believe Jesus? Would we believe Jesus? That's, that's, that's difficult. We don't need to answer that. Just, just think about it. How, how, how would we feel? And so it gets us to the point that we need to figure this thing out. That we need to feed our soul. Jesus fed them physically, and they followed him. They wanted to know where he went. Hey, I'd like another meal, please. Can, can I have some more bread? I, don't, I, don't ha I didn't have to work for that bread. I didn't have to put effort into that bread. But Jesus turned the table and said, I am the bread. And so we have get to a point that we have to decide what are we going to feed. And we've, we've all heard a story like this about feeding. It's talking about feeding our soul, about that fight that goes on inside of us. And in this one, it's a wise woman shared a story with someone she was discipling, someone that we're sharing with and helping in this walk with God. And she said, it feels like two bulldogs are in me fighting all the time. One of them wants what I want, 
well, what I want, that's, that's, that's in here. And the other one wants what God wants, and they're constantly fighting. That scripture where Paul says, ah, I want to do this, and I know I'm supposed to do this, but the more I want to do this, the more I end up doing this. This fight. And we all know the end of that story. Who wins? Who wins that fight? Well, it, the, the one that wins is the one that we feed. And, and that's a, that's a um, great jumping off point for, you know, fasting. And, and you know, I, I've heard that story used right along with, you know, you know we, need to, we need to fast. We do. We need to, to, to let our body know that our spiritual man is in charge. That, that, that. And, and I, I know that there are, yeah, there's reasons why. Um, that some people uh, have difficulties fasting, uh, medical reasons why it's not a good idea. But there are things to fast. There are other things to fast. And uh, it's important that we control, and, and, and this part over here doesn't get fed as much as this part gets fed. We need to feed our souls. We need to make sure that our souls are being fed. And Jesus moved down in John chapter 6. And he saved the very hardest saying in this conversation with this group of people that had gone looking for him, wanting more food. And the hardest saying, and this is out of John 6, 53 through 56, says, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood. Ye have no life in you. Now, if you're being real literal about that, that's really gross. Sorry. But it is. It's something that none of us ever want to think about. Getting to a place that we would have to do that. And we know stories of, of people that have had to turn to that to survive. And you would say, then I don't want to live. But I've never been that, in that situation. I don't really know what I would say or do in that situation. Yeah. I, yeah, anyway. So it was shocking to them. Eat your body? Yours? And drink your blood? That, ah, yuck. We're not supposed to have anything to do with blood. Blood is our life. No blood. But if you don't, you don't have any life in me. So, Lord Jesus, please explain. How does this happen? How can we do this? 
And he goes on and he said, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. If the first statement didn't get it, I mean, this, this get, makes it more plain. And it's causing a conflict inside of everyone in the crowd. I can't do that. Or I will do anything to be with you and have eternal life. I mean, that, that's, that's the splitting of the crowd. And I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. In a book written by, uh, let's see, it's um, Wiersbier, Wiersbier, thank you. He has an explanation of it. The name of the book is Be Alive. And he said, all Jesus said was just as you take food and drink within your body. That's what we do every day. We take food and drink into our body. It becomes a part of us. Now, it's easier to, I think, understand, and we get more um, reaction out of the, what we put in our, our brain comes out of our mouth, you know, talking about the things that we see and the things that we read and, and the people that we're around and what we're exposed to. But yet also, we need to think about the food that we eat makes us who we are. It makes us healthy or not healthy. I have a, a glucose sensor on my arm that tells me if I've not been eating what I'm supposed to be eating. And my phone starts yelling, so if it starts yelling over there, you know that my blood sugar has gone up. When it gets to 181 or higher, it loves to yell at me. So I should, I should work at that. But, but he was saying that, that what we take in is a part of us. And if we have food allergies, we know how quick it can be a part of us. Just a little bit of something that you're allergic to can make you very sick and could kill you. So we have food and drink that becomes a part of us. But he said, so you must receive me, speaking of Jesus, within your innermost being, so I can give you life. How do we do that? This. This is the bread of life. This is his words. And in John chapter 1, this is him. He 
He has so many forms that we get to participate in, doesn't he? He, he speaks to us from his word. He speaks to us when we feel his presence. He drops things into our minds that communes with us and into our heart and soul, our very being. This can speak to us, and it does speak to us. And the more we spend time in it, it speaks to us. So with, when you receive me in your innermost being so I can give you life. Jesus was comparing natural food with spiritual food. So when he said that we needed to eat his body and drink his blood, it wasn't that natural stuff. It was his very words. What he had been speaking to him. Did that crowd, this is, this is a question that wasn't in here, but did that crowd remember what he had said to them? For however long that teaching session was, if I remember correctly, it was a long time. They had been without food or ran out of the food that they had brought with them some time ago. That's why the disciples were saying, we can't send these people home. They're already hungry. We have to do something. But evidently, they didn't really remember his words, whatever they were, because I... Unless you really get into and do some comparison, I, I'm not sure that we know exactly what he taught them right there. But we do know that he spoke to them for some time. But did they remember his words? Or did they go to the other side of the sea following where the disciples had gone and well found him because they wanted some more food? They were hungry. It was another day later. Jesus also had some other hard sayings that he said. And you can think about those hard things that Jesus has said. But there is a parting because the scripture goes on and talks about, if you'll read it there in John chapter 6, where when he said, after he said, that you have to eat my body and drink my blood, that the crowd went away. Because they weren't interested in the word. They, were, they didn't understand what he said, for one thing. They only took it as a literal meaning. I'm not eating you. And, and yes, we can, we can all react to that. 
if we don't apply what Jesus was really saying. It was his words that he had shared with him that were important. And they didn't have the ability for lack of faith, their eyes being blinded by God. Because you can read in the, uh, the epistles that, that they were blinded in part In the whole scheme of things, the Jews were going to reject him. And we know that's because God was opening another door. Wide, and I'm so thankful for that open door because I can be here. I can receive his words because of that. Because if that door hadn't opened... I wouldn't know this truth. I wouldn't have the opportunity. And Jesus then asked the 12 that were still there. Brother Alex, verse 67. Jesus said, are you going to go away too? Because whatever size the crowd was right then, right before you get to this point, whatever the size of that crowd was, and we know that the day before that it was more than 5,000. So probably not all of them came, but a crowd came, and they walked away because they didn't understand what Jesus was really saying. So the question is asked, when we get to a hard place, will we go away? Is there something that we would sell out for? I hope not. Lord, let us, don't let us have a price. If we are offered enough of something, will we also go away? Is there a place of I just don't understand that we can get to that we would go away also? There's a lot of reasons that could cause us to go away. But Jesus wants us to be here. He wants us to be a part of him. He wants it more than we want it. He wants it more than we want it for those that aren't here. We all have people in our minds that aren't sitting here, that we would love to have here, or in some church somewhere, in truth, in relationship with God. But we all have to make a decision. Do we want the bread of life? 
that came down from heaven and gave his life for us, that we could have this truth? Or can life find and meet our price? Well, we're getting ready to go into worship. We're getting ready to have one more opportunity to say, I'm with you, Lord. I, I'm with you. And Lord, help those hidden parts of me that I don't even want to deal with, that I want anybody to know about. Let me give those things to you and get rid of anything else that might cause me to have a price that I'm willing to accept to walk away from you. So we have that opportunity, and I'm looking forward to worship, and God bless each and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ.